This episode of Joga Podnito is brought to you by... Tuesday, February 7th. I'm your host, Jake Johnson. And once again, I'm with Andrew Acker for episode 18 of Jogopod Nito. Andrew, how are things? I'm delightful. <laughs> Moving on to the Premier League. Uh, things are good, Jake. Uh, they we're, are. We're back. We're potting. Yeah, we um, watched a ton of soccer together as well. We watched a whole mess of soccer this weekend. Almost too much, if I gotta be honest. Yeah, you, you did have the comment that you said, I can't do that again. I was way too drunk. I can't do that again. So, I mean, we, we we drank from we drank and watched soccer from, from 10 to 2.30. And then we drank a lot more. It was just a long day. But it was a good day. It was a long day. Um, so, so we're recapping uh, Premier League Week 24. Uh, 14 games remaining, and the games went as follows. Uh, Chelsea 3, Arsenal 1 opened up the weekend. That's where, we're, that's where we will start. Uh, Crystal Palace nil, Sunderland 4, and probably the shock result of the weekend. Uh, Crystal Palace getting bundled as well as worked by Sunderland. Um, and really looking like they might go down. Uh, Everton 6, AFC Bournemouth 3. Uh, Lukaku's 4 goals there, we'll touch on that. Hull City 2, Liverpool nil. Um, Hull really looking revived under manager. You're the one that always I cannot names. fucking remember. Marco ever. Silva. Marco dude. Silva. Come I on. I, I've been ranting and raving about him the last two weeks. Can't remember. You know name. more about soccer than anybody I've ever met, and yet you can't remember new managers' names. I know that he looks like the lead singer of Green Day. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Um, Southampton won. West Ham United three. West Ham with a, a rare away win, especially at uh, at Southampton. A, a bit of a shock result there. Um, we won't touch on that probably, but uh, Watford two, Burnley one. Watford looking good. Burnley, uh, you know, down two 0 got a red card, but still managed to make a fist of that Burnley game. Burnley lost on the road. Shocking! Shocking! Oh, where anyway. they where they get their one point this year on the road? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Old Trafford. Uh, West Bromwich Albion one, Stoke City nil. West Brom again, you know, doing the business at home. Tottenham won, Millsborough nil. We watched this game; it was pretty terrible, but Tottenham definitely deserved to win. Uh, but only breaking the uh, the tie with the Harry Kane penalty. Man City two, Swansea one. Uh, Jesus Dugard with with two goals to rescue a win there. I see what you did there. And the final game of the weekend: Leicester City nil, Manchester United three. Leicester looking like the drop might be likely. We'll start at Stamford Bridge where. Um, we were who they thought they were. Last week we said that the league was for all intents and purposes over. If we needed further evidence of that, uh, we got it. And, and Chelsea were just so much better than Arsenal. Yeah, this really isn't a shocking result to anybody, right? Yeah. Um, Chelsea, they're only, they're only minus half a goal. Ch- Chelsea, ch- free money. Yeah, free money. Chelsea are an absolute machine. Like they are just, I think we said this the last time we potted. They always just play so well. They never just come out and stink up the joint. No. Even in their losses this year, they've played well. And this was just this was the game was never in doubt. I mean, Arsenal had their chances like they usually do. They no, didn't finish, right? We talked about that too. Like to start the game, Arsenal were more than confident, had their chances, but 
had they scored, it, it wouldn't have changed anything. I, I, I really believe that. I, I think if Arsenal go ahead early on, on a really nice goal, it doesn't matter. I think Chelsea win 3-1 and, no matter and, what. I mean, I've heard, I heard I'm, I'm kind of stealing this point from other soccer podcasts we listen to, but they made, it, they made the point on one of the podcasts we listened to that there is no team in the Premier League that plays their system better than Chelsea plays their system. Yep. Every player on the field understands what exactly they need to do, where they need to be, what the plan is, and they execute it week after week. It's brilliant to watch. I heard really good analysis. I think it was from Football Weekly, uh, another podcast that you listen to. Um, talking about the, the Arsenal's right, Chelsea's left, so Theo Walcott and Marcos Alonso and the difference between the two. Marcos Alonso put in not only a five-star defensive performance, but he also scores the opening goal. And Theo Walcott contributes almost nothing defensively and doesn't contribute anything offensively in this game. And, and it just shows that, you know, not only is there, like, I, I, I think, and you'll agree with me, there's coaching superiority in this game, there's player superiority, there's tactical superiority. I mean, they were just better across the field. And, and it's no wonder that, you know, an outside back opens the score for Chelsea. He's had four goals. He scored three in the last four games. And it's like, they just they just know how to play that formation so well. Moses getting forward, Alonso getting forward. They're just brilliant. And Arsenal were kind of equally just you know. Arsenal were just blah. Yeah, it, right? it's not even it's, like they were that bad. They, they, they that just bad. They were, were just bad. Blah. And I mean, this game can be summed up by that Eden Hazard goal. Oh, that game, that goal, and that run, and how it was defended oh. summed up this game. Such a good. You know, it was such a good goal, but it was also such shocking defending. The fact that uh, Kokolin couldn't foul him to, to just break up the play, right? And, you know, Koscielny gets a lot of a lot of credit for being, and rightfully so, being one of the best defenders in the Premier League. Uh, Hazard embarrassed him, on, him that. on that play. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. You know, I'll, I'll I'll just say this: there there's absolutely no chance in hell that Chelsea don't win the league. Agreed. There's um, no way. And. There's 14 games There's left. 14 the games left. Summer. They have a nine-point lead, yeah. right? And you know this 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 point I'm going to make doesn't go with, necessarily with this game, but I was telling you I saw this interesting stat where of the top six teams, right? When you look at points dropped to teams outside the top six, Chelsea have dropped two points to teams outside the top six. Every other team has dropped double-digit points. It's incredible. That's why they're going to win the league. Not necessarily because they, it doesn't hurt to smash Arsenal, but yeah, that to me is it just proves how they're going to win the league. That They'll is a unbelievable stat. Yeah, they, they literally beat every team who was who they should beat. Yeah, and then they 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 seem to split the games like this. I mean, they lost to Arsenal at home or on the road. They beat them at home. Uh, I just uh, this is it's a lot of fun to watch Chelsea right now. Yep, and it's not because they're necessarily scoring five goals every game. It's just the way they play and how they're all on the same page. I, I could talk at hours for it. Yeah, and, and and the word machine is really appropriate, right? So Juventus, the last five seasons in Serie A, three of which were under Conte, it, it's not like they were necessarily blowing teams out. They were just winning, you know, eight games out of ten, seven games out of ten, nine games out of ten. Just, just so consistent. And Juventus are still that way, right? And it's obviously, you know, of course they have great players, but there's something more to it. There's something... To, and I, I forget which podcast said this this week, but um, the way uh, Mourinho made the point that his players are not uh, they're not prepared to win every game. And what he meant by that is that they're not mentally prepared to just have the mentality that they're going to win every game. And that's what he's trying to instill it into his team. Um, and, and Conte clearly has. I mean, they take the field knowing they're going to win every game. And that's, I mean, even at the professional level, that's so huge. 
in terms of performances, obviously Eden Hazard was was just unbelievable. Um, Diego Costa without scoring, you know, two assists, total menace. Uh, I mean, but up and down that field, I mean, Conte, we had the ridiculous stat last week where he 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 sixteen tackles, fourteen of which he won, and the closest person in the Liverpool game was had three tackles, right? Just eating up the pitch, and and to add insult to injury, Cesc Fabregas getting pass the ball from from Cesc and and burying it. Um, yeah, I mean they're gonna win the league, and and for Arsenal, huge game this weekend against Hull. They need to result there. I mean, and, and Hull are. We'll talk to to them in in a second here. Hull look good, and Arsenal are at the point in the season where normally it's Christmas, right, or or it's right after New Year's, but they're having that dip that they always have. And it's well, so this important is, for them to get yeah, out. Yeah, this is this is why. I'm not gonna sound the alarm bells like alarm bells like everybody else seems to be doing because I feel like we do this every year with Arsenal. Sure. Every year they have the wobble at the same time, right? Every year they finish fourth. Yep. And it's easy to say this year is different, but we say that every year. Right. I, you know, I'm still gonna we're still gonna wake up at the end of the year and they're gonna be in fourth somehow. Sure. Um, sure. I mean, yeah, it, they it, probably it, will be. Yeah. It's obviously very disconcerting, right? You know. You met. You brought up the point. They haven't won the league in twelve years. They've never won the Champions League. Um, I, I do think stank. the criticism seems more harsh this year than usual. And again, I don't understand it because this has been the same story for the last five, six years. Yeah. So I don't necessarily understand the criticism being worse this year. Um, and I mean, if you look at the table and remove Chelsea from the equation, they're. Doing fine. They're doing fine. They're doing fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Uh, so it just it, it it I feel like it's just so easy for everybody to beat up on Arsenal, including myself. I love sure. to do it. It's a pastime of mine. But I feel like the 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 reaction has been a li- there's been too big of an overreaction to this particular result. So I made the point to you that in defense of the Wenger out crew, um, his stubborn refusal to play anything off, he just rolls out a four five one every game. He rolls out the type of players who, who are going to try to pass the ball around and, and make things happen. And sure, you know, more power to them to a degree. But his his inability to change with, with the modern game. And, and people point to Sir Alex Ferguson, Sir Alex Ferguson as the, the, the best coach of the modern era, right? Even when he was 70 years old. Because while he might have been old in age, he was very new in terms of his styles. I mean, United were, you know, a 4-4-2 team for many, many years. Then they became a 4-3-3 team with... With Ronaldo and, and Tevez and Rooney, and then they became more of a four-five-one team when they had, you know, a, a really solid back line, but but not so much going forward. So they play, you know, just Van Persie up front, keep it really tight at the back, win games that way. He evolved with the times, and and Wenger has shown a refusal to adapt with the times, and that's why they sit in fourth every year. They have good players. They, you know, they will win most games they play in because of, of the nature of the team. They have talent all over the place. They got goals, and Sanchez is genuinely world class. But they're they're nothing more than that. Um, and and to that end, the only difference I see in this year's slide is that it's a little bit later, and it might just go right into this Bayern Munich matchup next week, and, and they might just get taken. Yeah, pieces. but see, I mean, and I'm not gonna sit here and say they're gonna beat Bayern Munich. They're not. But again, we do this every year. They go into this slide. We think they're going to get embarrassed by either Bayern or Barcelona. And they, they do end up usually losing that round of 16 tie. But it's usually very competitive. And everyone's sure. like, oh, Arsenal. I, I, this is just the, I, this is the same story every year with Arsenal. Yeah. That's the frustrating part for me. Or that that's what should be the frustrating part for the, the soccer world. Not that this is happening this year. It should be frustrating that this happens every year. Sure. And it's just—I feel like it's just very easy right now to beat up on Arsenal. Um, and you know, it, it gets to that age-old question, right? 
they have been consistently in the mix for twenty years under Vegas, sure. right? Would you would you would you trade that consistency for one or two more league titles? You know what I mean? That's kind of the question. Right, and I would. And, and, and a lot of people would, would yeah, sure. but a lot of people wouldn't, right? Sure. And it just it, it it I don't know. I can't believe I'm coming to the defense of Arsenal, but I am to a certain Moving extent. on swiftly. Yeah, moving on swiftly uh, on that note. Another team with a, a disappointing result is, is Liverpool uh, losing 2-0 away to Hull. Um, Can Hull still win the league? <laughs> Hull are looking pretty good. They'll run out and put some money on them. They'll they, win the league. Uh, they, they really do look good. They've won their last four home games. They didn't ever look like they were going to lose that game. We watched that together, and they were in control. And and maybe they didn't look super dangerous, but, you know, Liverpool have a wreck in them, and, you know, cometh the man, cometh the hour, cometh, you know, the goalie dropping the ball and Hall tapping the ball in. And and, and Mignolet is, is not – we said this before. I think on a, on a worse team, he would look better. He's a no, great shot You put it perfectly. He is a great shot stopper. He is a bad goalie. That, at the highest level, it cannot he's not a good goalie. be said any yeah. better than that. At the highest level, he's not a good goalie because he's so wildly inconsistent. He appears to have lapses in judgment, lapses in focus almost, where he didn't have a touch on the ball, I don't think, until that, that drop, right? And, and he almost made too much of it. He could have punched it away. He could have stayed on his line. Instead, he, he fumbles it and Hall tap it in. And from that point on, I mean, Hall just controlled the game. Yeah, so let's let's talk about Liverpool, right? Because I mean, everybody on the planet knows they won one of their last ten, and that was against like a League Two side, and and they're they're clearly having the wobble that most teams have. They're having it at a, at a bad time. Do you do you think it's a case where they're just they're exhausted? I think they're tired. Yeah, but I mean, what's weird though is that they haven't had Europe to to contend with. But I I just think that that playing style. Um, they and, haven't had Europe to contend yeah. with, but they I've heard somewhere they played ten games in thirty days or something like that. I mean they they've had, a ton had of games they, they had two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I um I, I do wonder if it's a case that, you know, I I guess from my perspective, I don't see this this wobble lasting much longer. I, yeah. I do see um tough game this weekend though. Host it is hot. It is a very tough game this weekend. Um, I, I think I do see Liverpool riding the ship a bit, though, now that they really only have to worry about – well, they, they only have to worry about the Premier League. They should be able to get those guys rested up a bit and, and really focus on on the on the league. But, you know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Because the top six is so competitive this year, you, you just can't afford – they've gone from second, now they're fifth. Yeah, right? and, in the span of two weeks. And they're one point ahead of United. It's just you can't afford to have these prolonged wobbles – um, and, and, you know, this could be a case where they look up at the end of the season and they finish a point or two outside the top four. And sure. they sure. think, shit, if we had just beaten Hull at home, we'd be in the top four. But kudos to Hull. I mean, I still will refuse to admit they're a good team. What are they? Uh, they're saying? a competent they're team competent now. Team, yeah. um, but they they look very much improved under Marco Silva. They look like, um, and, and we're going to get to Leicester in, in a second here, they look like they're up for it. They right. look like they're up for it. They look like they understand what they they need to do. And um, it's just, it's it, you know, we talked about this when he was hired. It was a great, it being a great move because it was kind of a high-variance move, it was right? a progressive move. He was either yeah. going to have wild success or probably fail miserably. It wasn't going to be that in-between. And, and right Sam now Allardyce he is. In-between, yeah. Right yeah, now he's succeeding wildly. And, I mean, there are, there are six teams in the relegation battle right now, and they – do not look like one of the three teams that should be going down on current no, form. Definitely not. And and they're getting a, a goal and a half. I mentioned this to you, a little gambling advice. 
getting a goal and a half at Arsenal. Arsenal having a tough time. Hull looking okay. I think that that would be a good bet. Um, a team that would not be good to bet on. Uh, last year's champions who, who fall. They're still the uh, champions, mind you. We do like that, that they're still the champions and still referred to as such. But Leicester nil, United 3. Um, we just watched the highlights in the background. We watched this game live. Um, United were good and, and took their chances, but they weren't great. And, and Leicester were really diabolical after giving up their, their first goal. And it, it I, I said to you, because you, you said, you know, it looks like they've quit. It didn't necessarily look like they quit. They were competitive, but then they gave up the first goal and their heads were just totally dropped. They concede again 80 seconds later. And they're in real trouble. And, and the discussion and the, the point, the argument I guess we're going to have is, do you sack Ranieri right now despite last season's success? Like, what does it mean that they won the league last year? And what does that mean for Ranieri's legacy? I mean, should they let them go? And I think that they have to. I I would, I would. think they will most certainly go down if they do not sack uh, right. Claudio Ranieri, without question. I but does that mean you have to get rid of him? Well, it's a... I think I think you want to stay, I think you want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, it's you know I I understand what he did did for you, right? But at the end of the day, don't you want to stay in the Premier League? I mean, yeah. you never you know you, you never do really know once you get down in the Championship, it's not oh, guaranteed it's you're coming right back league. up. Such right? It's so league. much it's yeah. so much more difficult. And they're going to get picked to, to pieces. By the and if they go teams. down, they will get picked to pieces, right? Yeah. And I just think you have to, even though Claudio Ranieri probably deserves more, I think you have to get rid of him just because the players clearly don't seem to be playing for him. Almost for his legacy, I made the point. It might not be terrible if he gets sacked because if they, I mean, right now, right now, because if, if they sack him now, they're not in the relegation zone. He didn't leave them in the relegation zone. Uh, if they go down or stay up, whatever, he's going to be remembered. I mean, to a degree, he's a hero forever, right? And it's almost unbecoming of him right now to just... And it's not his fault. He's obviously trying his hardest, but it, it just reflects so poorly on him. And some of the things are coming out of their locker room that, you know, Casper Schmeichel and several other players are saying, you know, things are not okay with them and the manager. It's just... It's really I find, unbecoming of, I, of the championship manager. It, I, obviously, I, was, I obviously don't know the details, right? But I find it appalling that you can go from winning the league out of nowhere under a manager to basically shutting him out. Yeah. You know, and, and to, which seems to have happened, right? This isn't a case where like, you know, um, they've been struggling for years and the players exactly. are sick. Of it. Yeah. They did something nobody on the planet thought they could do last year. It was impossible. Impossible. Uh, yeah. Right. And, yeah. and they've gone in the span of like five months from that to this, to me, that speaks so poorly. It speaks so poorly of the players. Of the players. Oh, it really it does. Speaks so poorly of the players and their attitude. And it's just, you look at the seasons that, you know, who on that team is having a good season? No one. Nobody. There's one player. Nobody is having a good season. Um, and you know what I think is going to happen? I do think um, Ranieri's only hope for keeping that job is progressing in the Champions League. It becomes much, much more difficult to sack a manager yeah. who gets you into the round of eight, yeah. into the semis. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. but So I could foresee them either getting smashed by Sevilla or even if they lose to Sevilla, that's when the plug gets pulled on him. So I think you give him the chance to continue in that competition. And as far as he continues is as long as he keeps his job. I I don't hate that. Um, Most people, uh, there's a pretty big argument about whether or not um, 
the team who qualifies first in Champions League should should have the second leg at home of the, of the next leg, um, next leg of the tournament. And and the reason that most people say, you know, oh well, you want to have the second leg at home. Actually, if you look statistically, it's not a huge advantage to have that first game on the road because if you lose that, the the tables obviously totally turn. So Leicester are going to Sevilla because they won their group, and and they might lose five nothing. Well, and Sevilla and, are that good at home, and it doesn't even matter because Leicester are atrocious regardless of where they play <laughs> outside of a Man City home that win. Um, so I did. I, I, unfortunately, I think I, I do think they they let him manage in the Champions League, and if by some miracle they beat Sevilla, um, I think he keeps his job. And, you know, until they go out of the Champions League, but. You know they've got a, their next game this weekend is against Swansea, right? Huge, huge, huge. That's game. a huge game. And Swansea look good. If too. I had to put money on a team right now, I'd be backing Swansea, yeah, speaking, which is ludicrous. Speaking of Swansea, City two, Swansea one. Uh, City just barely getting out of the head to head with the win. They, they were the better team. They they probably should have had a penalty kick um, at some point. Uh, the Sterling one was contentious. There was a handball that they could have been given. Uh, you know, City, you know, Jesus really, or Jesus rather, really the story with his two goals. They have two Jesuses. That's more than most teams. Right? Yeah. That's I, more than the Catholics have. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and City are, I, I think the City are going to finish in second. I think that, you know, Pep is, is definitely, you know, he, he's going to figure it out. The, the one thing that I have a huge question mark about is how don't you play Aguero? Like, sure, Jesus has scored three and two, but it just baffles me that, that, Aguero's not in the starting lineup. That not only because he's such an icon for the team, but he's unbelievable. I, I I get that, and you made the point that right now it might make sense to play Jesus though because of the energy, right? I mean, he's bringing something new, he's fresh. The players might be responding to that, but it's just banana land that Aguero hasn't started the last two games. This game was I, I actually watched a great deal of this game, and it was really fascinating because the first half was so one sided. Yep, City. Dominated possession, dominated the ball, uh, took the one nil lead, and the second half, Swansea went toe to toe with City. Yeah, and that to me, even though they lost this game, speaks volumes about where Swansea is under Paul Clement. Sure. I know you don't remember his name because he's a new manager, but uh, him and the other guy <laughs> speaks volumes about where they are at under Paul Clement because you don't come out and you don't you don't go from playing as poorly as they did in the first half to as good as they did in the second half if you aren't bought into what your manager sure, is selling you sure. right and they came out in the second half and they went toe to toe you could argue for large parts of that second half they were the better team they got the equalizer i mean they ended up losing but i think if you're swansea this is not a terrible result right yeah. they did not get smashed if anything they kind of kept the momentum a little bit that they They've had off the past two games. Yeah, you, you wonder if the players feel it because as a from, from from our perspective, yes, they should still have the momentum. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, and this is another team, right, that on recent form does not look like they should be going down. Yeah. Right? Which is fascinating because we could we could wake up at the end of the year and the three teams that were bottom at this time aren't going down. That's that's how topsy turvy this is. Speaking of going down, uh Palace nil, Sunderland four. I'll I'll just I mean, Defoe two goals, Sunderland just up four nil at halftime. I'll just segue right into who who do you think is going to go down? Because you, you've said all season that Sunderland aren't going to go down. It really only looks like there's. I mean, there isn't a nailed on team going down. If if there's anyone who seems destined for the drop right now, it's probably Leicester. But but who do you have going down? You know, now that Sunderland are 
are right in the thick of things. Two points separate six teams, six teams or five teams. Six, the right? It's, it's a, it's in my opinion, it's a six and a half team race right now. I think Bournemouth, you and I talked about this right weekend. On the edge. They got they got one eye on that relegation battle. They're kind of like saying, "Hey, that I'm looks, liking the look of that. That yeah. looks kind of fun. Maybe we want to get involved." But the other side of their brain is kind of like, "Eh, maybe we'll sit this one out." So it's a six and a half team race right now, in my opinion. Um, I made the proclamation months ago that Sunderland aren't going down because they're not going down. <laughs> um, so I don't think they're going down. Um, I think, unfortunately, you're right. The shoe in the go- the shoe in at the moment looks to be Leicester. Yeah, um, haven't won since December. Haven't 31st. won it since December. They have the worst record, or they have the second worst record of any team in the top flight of English football. They haven't scored a goal, a league goal in 2017. In one word, what would you say that they do? Nothing stink. They stink. <laughs> uh, they also do nothing. So <laughs> nothing is good. If, if you made me put money on it now, I would say Leicester. I think Middlesbrough are going down not because they're a bad team. Can't score. They don't score Can't goals. Score. They're they're a very very solid defensive team. We saw that again this weekend in their loss to Spurs. I like their manager. I think he's he's a good manager. They just can't score goals, and at yep. the end of the day, that's the name of the game, right? So I think Middlesbrough are going down. At the end of the day, that's the name of the game. You like that? Wow. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> that's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> and I think um, I think Crystal Palace are going down. Crystal Palace are horrible. Stink. That's even you know, fucking stink. You open saying they lost 4-0. Yeah. Let's just remind everybody, they lost 4-0 to Sunderland. So Sunderland. At home. At home. Yeah, I, um, I think... I, I think Sunderland are going down. I think Middlesbrough are going to go down because they can't score. I think Palace will be okay. I think they'll figure it out. They have enough talent where they should figure it out. And then the last team... Jake, they are in the relegation zone now. I know, but I just don't... They lost 4-0 at home to Sunderland. I I think that they'll figure... I think they have a better chance of figuring it out than Leicester do. Genuinely. I, I genuinely believe that. I would agree with that. And Leicester have the Champions League to distract them from the league. Yeah, it's... But getting it's back to this, getting back to Sunderland, right? Who aren't going down? Once again, shout out to Jermaine Defoe. The dude has fourteen goals on the year. Is I mean, is he the best striker in the world? What if you put Jermaine Defoe on Barcelona? Would he have a billion goals? I mean, he yeah. somehow scored fourteen goals with the dog shit teammates that he had. He might be the, the, the style. I know you're saying that tongue in cheek, but like. He does fit the style of, of, mm. of play of a mid-table team perfectly. Maybe not a lot. I mean, I don't think any striker necessarily fits like a, a, a bottom of the table team, but you give him a half. He's a half-chance striker, right? He doesn't create much. He doesn't defend for shit. But you give him a half-chance, he scores it every time. I mean, both of his goals were really good finishes. One he drags across to the far post. The other one he turns a guy who's like six foot two and buries it near post. The other thing He's ab- awesome. The other thing about him is... He's doing all this at the ripe old age of like 34. Yeah. It's not like he's some up and coming 22 year old striker on some shitty team who's going to. He's 34 years old, man. He's like, he's been around. Yeah. And he's still sitting third or fourth in the t- in the, in the the golden boot race. It's, yeah. it's, he scored 14 uh, of Sunderland's like 24 goals That's this year. That's crazy. That man. is absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of absolutely ridiculous, we'll round out our, our Premier League chat with uh, Lukaku scoring four this weekend. Now tops the table for uh, most goal score in the Premier League. Obviously, he's amazing. If anything, he's probably underrated as a player, as crazy as it sounds, because he's 23 and he's he score. I mean, he is by far the most prolific goal scorer in the Premier League ever at his age. I raised the question to you, Andrew, earlier today. Is he, and it even sounds weird coming out of my mouth, even though I might believe it, is he the most valuable player in terms of expensiveness in the world right now? So... 
Obviously, I, I think um, you know Neymar, Stale, Ronaldo, Hurt, Old. <laughs> they all they all went for you know around a hundred million uh, pounds euros at the time of their transfers. If Lukaku moves right now to a Real Madrid, does he not go for more than that? I mean, I'm genuinely right yes. now at 23. Neymar and, and the the other player I said was you know Neymar's 25. He he might be the most valuable player, but. But maybe not. I mean, he's a goal machine. He's been a goal machine for four seasons. You put him in any league, you put him on any team, he's a goal machine. Yeah, so he's a goal machine. So I don't think he's the most expensive player in the world, but I do think he's in top, in top Messi five. Probably he, still is, he's in yeah. the conversation, which I don't yeah. think a, enough people realize, right? Sure. He's certainly in the conversation when you consider age, track record, potential. He's 23. He's only going to get better, right? He's unreal. The, the thing that's still, for me, and don't get me wrong, he's a phenomenal player, right? The thing he still needs to prove to me is the thing that Everton needs to prove to me is that they're not streaky. Oh, right? he's so streaky. Because he is it's so unbelievable how streaky And ultimately, is. that's kind of what separates the great players from the world-class right. players no, you're is right. You're right. that ability to bring it every game. And when if he gets to the point where he is not streaky and just purely consistent, I mean, he might be one of the all-time greats because what he's doing now is phenomenal, yeah. right? Um, I said to you today before the pod, we have this conversation every summer. How is he still on? How is he still on Everton? <laughs> right? I just don't know. I mean, I I can understand that maybe he likes it at Everton and wants to stay there. I just don't know how some big team hasn't come to Everton and said, "We'll give you a hundred million pounds for him." Juventus. I mean, Juventus are linked with him every season, and he doesn't go there. And we're shocked. And we always say, "Dude would look good in white and black." He would. He would look real good in Juventus as kid, but. I mean, he might just like Everton. He might just like playing in England. He might just like being a big fish in a small or pond. But he's just magnificent. He, he is, can't seem to stand there forever. He's very, very good. That oh, last piece so he needs to add is that consistency, and then he will be truly world class. And if Everton can hold on to him when he obtains that consistency, that might be a team that it, we're talking about in in the with the likes of you know Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, because. When you have somebody up front who can bang in 25 or 30 goals a year, you're by definition a good team, sure. right? Oh, and, definitely. you know, it, it seems like, again, you know, I, th- I think that Everton-Bournemouth game is a microcosm of Everton as a team, right? They won 6-3. They looked really good. They, they won three in a row, but they gave up three goals, right? <laughs> and it's just, it, it, again, it's, you know, as with Lukaku, Everton are such a streaky team. I want to see them really put together a – a long, solid run of good results. They are notorious for winning three or four in a row and then going on the road to Stoke and losing or going on the road to Bournemouth and losing. And they just, like Lukaku, they just need to take that next step of being consistent. And, you know, we talked about this this weekend. They're, they're, they're on the verge of making that top six a top seven. They really right? are. If, Five points back. If, yeah. they can, if they can achieve that consistency and – you know, those, those teams in the top six outside of Chelsea kind of continue to do what they're doing, we could be talking about a top seven. And that would be that'd be huge for Everton. Well, it really would be. And and to, to that end, you know, next weekend they, they play Millsboro. They win that game. I mean, their biggest thing is they don't win away from home. Exactly. So this, that, is a, that is a – this is a perfect example of what we need to see from them, right? This is a game – they're on the road, right? Yep. This is a game – Win one nil. Historic, Win two to one. Historically, yep. they go out and lose. If mm-hmm. they can come out and get a result, get a win against Middlesbrough, that to me shows that they might be taking that next step. But historically, they've gone out and they've lost this game 2-1 or 2-0 yep. or something. Absolutely. That is a huge game for Everton, let alone Middlesbrough. Huge game. Uh, it, it really is a big game both, direct, 
both directions there, directions. Uh, so that just about does it for, for Joga 18. Um, looking ahead to next weekend, a couple interesting games. Liverpool hosting Tottenham. Uh, That's give, a, give me your gut reaction there. That's a thigh rubber. Liverpool hosting Tottenham. You like to point this out. And it's it's an accurate point that Liver, that uh, Tottenham are they are repug on the road. They do not travel. Well. So Liverpool have not been good at home. So. Liverpool have not been good from at home, but recently they will have had a, a full week to recharge Get the batteries. Back into the fold, yeah. uh, it wouldn't sh- uh, uh, most likely. I think this game is probably a draw, but it wouldn't shock me if Liverpool won. I think it'll be very entertaining. I run the risk of of being proven completely wrong and stupid. I think it'll be one of those games that really underwhelms, and I could see it being like a nil-nil or a one-nil. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and often those games, the, the most anticipated games turn out that way. I, I'm very, I, I don't remember the first time uh, these two played this year, but these are two teams, when you think of the style that they play, should be suited to a very entertaining it game. Whether we get one is a whole other yep. story. Agreed. Uh, another game of note this weekend, Manchester United hosting Watford. Uh, United, they haven't lost in 13 Premier League 14. games. 14, wow. Um, but yeah, if they can win there, they're, they're really in the thick of things because you know Liverpool or Tottenham will drop points. I like Hull plus one and a half goals at Arsenal. And then uh, you know Burnley hosting Chelsea. Chelsea travel to the vaunted fortress that is Turf Moor. Yep, and I, if they're in a weird way, if they're going to drop points, it, it might be a game like that. I think they'll win 2-0. Um, but and then to round out the weekend, we have Swansea hosting Leicester. Absolutely huge, huge game. game. Huge and, game. And then the and I, I, I either said this before the pod or earlier in the pod. I like Swansea at the moment. I do too. Which is ludicrous. And they're at home. And uh, I, I think Swansea will win that game. I, I'm gonna back them to win that game. And then if ever there was a game that you should hammer the over, and therefore it's gonna go under, uh, Bournemouth hosting Man City on Monday afternoon. So man, a Monday tie. Uh, when do we get the worst? When when do we get Champions League back? Is it two weeks? Two weeks. I need Champions League back in my life, man. Yeah, it'll I, be back. I need it back. It'll be back, man. Uh, so that does it. This is Joe Eighteen. Thanks everyone for listening. We will uh, we'll probably be back next week. It's uh it's a good good gamut of games this weekend. But uh, that's another show for us. Thanks for listening, guys. Follow us at Jogopodnito on Twitter, uh, Jogopodnito on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, for Jake Johnson. I'm Andrew Acker. See you guys next week. Later. I like it.